Blooming Inspired Podcast, equipping and empowering the voices of women who live their lives blooming alive. Good morning, this is Michelle Bentham, and I'm the host of Blooming Inspired Podcast, and I'm so grateful to be back on the air with you this rainy Tuesday morning here in Granbury, Texas. Um, we are, we've been the last two weeks really talking about the posture and the attitude and the spiritual disciplines of our hearts before God. And so today, I had planned to do 1 John 2 as my next reading, but I realized yesterday that God was redirecting my path. And He had he gave me a couple of things to cover this week before we get to 1 John 2 and 1 John 3. So I'm interested to see how all this um, works out and what he's showing us through the process. So today, if you want to grab your Bible and turn over to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, I would be happy to start reading there. But before I do, I want to talk about, again, this process of getting my house clean. And I want to talk to you about um, how God has worked some of this out in my life over the years. Um, back in 2003, Scott and I had been taking our kids to church for roughly about three years. He had been saved. Some of our children had accepted the Lord. And that summer, I began um, an endeavor, let's say, where I was just hungry. Have you ever been hungry for the things of God? I was hungry. And I wanted more of what he had. And I wanted it desperately. So I went to my pastor's wife at the church and asked her if I got a Bible study and the CD messages that went with it by Beth Moore called Beloved Disciple, which ironically is a study of the life of John, um, would she sit with me during the summer each week and us walk through that Bible study together. And she agreed. She let me know there were some times she might not be available, but overall we met weekly. We did Bible study weekly and we would listen to the message individually and then come back together and discuss it for a couple of hours each week. So I also did something that is not what I advocate for anyone to do. And that is that I, um, that I advocated for myself to start leading a young girl's Bible study at our church, I had heard from some parents that some of the high school girls just weren't settled and weren't happy. In hindsight, I probably should have just taken what I heard and submitted it to the youth pastor at the time and let him decide, he and his wife decide what, what needed to happen next. But I was immature in my gift and I was immature in my understanding. And I had grown up fairly rebellious against authority. And so um, my senior pastor gave me some space to do that class on Sunday evenings. And so that summer I met with my girls and um, believing that I, if, if it went well, I would have the opportunity to teach them in a more formal youth setting in the fall. And so I was studying the word regularly for that lesson each week. And then I was doing a weight loss program that was biblically based. So I had a weekly Bible study in that. So I was doing three weekly Bible studies at one time. Did I tell you I was hungry? 
And I didn't know the first thing about studying the Bible. I remember back then reading Beth Moore's Bible studies and thinking, how does she know that these things are connected in Scripture? Because I don't get that. And um, I rem- and she <laughs> she once published all of her resources that she used for Bible study on a Lifeway forum before there were blogs and uh, Facebook and Twitter. She was on the Lifeway forum, and she posted that, and I participated there. I did some of her Bible studies there. And so when I saw that list, I went out and bought everything on the list and began to do word studies. And that's kind of how I got to where I am today. And so when the Holy Spirit shifted my direction this week, I knew it was right. Jesus taught his disciples to pray. And let's go ahead and turn over to um, Matthew chapter, I believe it's Matthew chapter 7. I'm going to turn over there. And we're going to read the Lord's Prayer. And then we're going to read something in Matthew 6 before we come to 1 Thessalonians 5. So um, here we are. We're about to start our reading for today. Because what happened to me in that season, I remember I had a friend, same friend who gave me bad advice, about getting out there and um, doing that young girls ministry uh, also gave me some good advice in that I wanted to connect with God's heart. And like I said, I was hungry. And so she encouraged me every morning when I laid down to go to sleep. I mean, every morning when I laid down to go to sleep, when I got up in the morning to go in to a private space in my house, turn on worship music, lay on the floor, and picture myself at the feet of Jesus until I felt his presence in the room. And I began to pray out of that place. Now, I can't tell you what his presence felt like. I just knew when it came, I wept in his presence. And I didn't weep like regret tears or sad tears. They were these cleansing, beautiful, happy, joyful tears that filled me up. Like I was expressing something out that he was pouring while he was pouring something in. And I didn't have any words for it. And so during that season, when I'm trying to get off Coca-Cola, when I'm trying to eat more healthy and exercise and be more healthy, the Lord is showing me who he is. And so I can remember writing my own psalms in worship when I was trying to overcome the headaches. And I can remember learning how to pray out loud. And I'll never forget, it was so distinct. One day I was doing Bible study and I was reading the scriptures and I read this passage over in First Thessalonians about praying without ceasing. And I just felt like I heard the Lord's whisper in my ear. Why don't you tell me about your day like I don't already know everything that happened? And suddenly I realized that my perspective was important. The way I viewed things was important. You see, God can't take my thought captive if I don't submit it to him. He can't take my thoughts about my day, my experiences, what I'm going through, what's happening, what's coming up. He can't take that thought captive unless I express it to him. So with that said, let's go to the Lord's Prayer. It's in, it's actually first Matthew chapter 6. Both things we're going to read are in Matthew chapter 6. And then we're going to uh, read in Matthew chapter 7. 
Let me tell you where that is. Verse 7. So we're going to read in Matthew chapter 6, verse 5, through the Lord's Prayer. And then we're going to go over and read in Matthew chapter 7, verse 7. One chapter away, same sermon. This is the Sermon on the Mount. And, when, and he says, And when you pray, you shall not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the corners of the streets, that they may be seen by men. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. But you, when you pray, go into your room. Remember yesterday, I was talking about posting on Facebook about my bedroom being one of the most peaceful places in my home, unless I got busy or I got sick. Think about that. Go into your inner room, and when you have shut your door, pray to your Father who is in the secret place. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. And when you pray, do not use vain repetition as the heathens do. Okay, he's saying don't use vain repetitions as the heathens do. Don't keep repeating the same prayers over and over and over again. But what did we do with this prayer? We made it dogma, right? We pray it regularly. We don't look at the heart of it. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. For they think they will be heard by their many words. Now, one thing is, we don't want to say vain prayers. We don't want to say prayers with lots of extravagant words just for the sake of saying words. We want to say prayers that mean something. We want to talk to God as if we have a meaningful relationship with Him. Therefore, do not be like them, for your Father knows the things you have need of before you ask Him. So in this manner, therefore, pray. He's saying, pray understanding that your father already knows what you're going to ask him about. So, okay, God had asked me to pray to him as if he didn't already know everything I was going to say, because I would just pray, God, you know. So I ask you to respond and do something about it. But he wanted inside of my heart. He wanted to test the things of my heart. So he asked me to pray that way, right? And it says, our father in heaven, hallowed or holy be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done. You see, first thing is, is I need to address the God that I I don't relate to often. The Father, the Papa, the Abba of my life. Our Father, and He's in heaven. I recognize who He is, I recognize where He is, and I recognize what He is. He's holy. Your kingdom come, your will be done. This is not about the desires of my heart, it's about the desires of His heart on earth as it is in heaven. We want the reality of heaven to be brought forth to the earth. That's what we're asking Him for in our circumstances, in our families, in our lives. Give us this day our daily bread, meaning we trust you to give us our daily bread. And here's that confession part we talked about yesterday. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. So all of a sudden here we see that there is a new a new piece to this. I don't only need to be forgiven, but I need to forgive. Remember I said we needed to release judgments yesterday when we make our confession? Exactly right. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. So we start with praising who the God the Father is, and we end with praising who the Father is. And this is a prayer to the Father. Got it? Father, for if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive them their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Oh boy, 
So we got a model prayer here. That's what it says in my little notes above this section of scripture. But is that, is that it? Because he's talking about doing good to please God, loving your enemies, go the second mile, don't swear an oath. Marriage is sacred and binding. How you commit adultery in your heart. The murder begins in the heart. So he's addressing the heart issues. And this prayer is all about your heart. Is your heart turned toward the Father? Is your heart turned toward the kingdom? Is your heart trusting the Father? Is your heart trusting that if God fulfills his kingdom upon the earth, that everything you need will be met? Oh, come on. Come on. So now let's flip over to Matthew 7, 7. Because here he's saying, don't do vain repetitions, right? And he's talking about daily needs in that prayer. Give us this day our daily breads. Talking about daily confession of sin, daily forgiving of sin. And not being led into temptation, but being delivered from the evil one. These are things we need from God daily. But let's go over here. And in 633, let's not miss... That he said, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all other things, those things that you prayed about up here in Matthew chapter 6, verses 5 through 14. All other, all the things that you need, plus the things that you might worry about, plus the riches, plus the treasures, plus, plus, plus. All the things shall be added to you. Don't worry about what you're going to eat. Don't worry about what you're going to drink. Don't worry about what you're going to wear. Don't worry about where you're going to live. He didn't say that. That was me. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added to you. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. And then we read, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. And he who seeks, finds. And him who knocks, it will be opened. Or what man is there among you who, if he asked, if his son asks for bread, he'll give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent? Or if then, you being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father, who is in heaven, give good things to those who ask him? Therefore, whatever you want men to do to you, do also for them. For this is the law and the prophets. Okay, so there's where we see the golden rule. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you, right? Whatever you want men to do to you, do also to them, for this is the law and the prophets. This is the heart of why Moses gave the Ten Commandments and those 633 laws came up later. Ask, and it will be given. Seek, and you will find. Now, it's interesting he puts those things together. And I heard Bill Johnson teaching on this the other day, and he said, he said the reason that he says to ask, because this, this word ask has the, has the idea of Asking once and then continuing to ask until you see it manifest. Seeking, seeking once and continuing to seek until you see it manifest. Knock and continuing to knock until you see the door open. And he suggested that this is about the dreams and the desires of our heart that we need to pray over and and so seed into over time. These are not our daily needs. We trust you for our daily provision. We are asking you for the bigger picture, for the bigger thing about your king. And even the kingdom coming and his will being done is a daily thing. 
So now let's turn over to 1 Thessalonians 5, and we are going to hop down to verse 16. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 16. Rejoice always. Okay, so I want you to think about this in the in the pattern of daily disciplines, okay? We're going to pray daily and thank God for everything that He's provided and ask Him to bring His kingdom to come and His will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. We're going to thank Him for his, our daily bread. We're going to thank Him and make confession of our sins. We're going to forgive those who have hurt us. And we're going to ask Him to protect us from the temptation of the enemy and to deliver us from the work of the enemy. And we're going to praise and glorify His kingdom and who He is. And the way that we do this is rejoice always, pray without ceasing, and everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Do not quench the Spirit, do not despise prophecies, test all things, and hold fast to what is good, and abstain for every form of evil. This is how we abstain from every form of evil. We rejoice always. We pray without ceasing. We are thankful for everything and in everything. We are compliant with the will of God in Christ Jesus for us. And we're choosing to walk, not quenching the Spirit, not despising prophecies, but we're testing all these things. And in John, 1 John, I believe it says to test the spirits, right? We're testing everything, and we're holding on to what measures up to God's standard of good. And then we are abstaining from evil. I just want to say to you, friends, that there is, there is a power in learning to pray without ceasing. You know, I, I think about Nehemiah chapter 1, where he goes before the king that he's serving as the cupbearer for, Ahasuerus, or Artaxerxes, Xerxes. And um, his name is listed as all of those. And um, he goes before him and he presents his cup to him. And the king notices that Nehemiah is distracted and perhaps troubled. And so he inquires of him about it. And in that moment, Scripture tells us that while Nehemiah spoke words out of his mouth, he prayed words in his mind. Can I suggest to you that praying without ceasing looks like an attitude of prayer going about your day? I just read you that all of that from the New King James translation, and I don't want to read. I don't want to read that whole series in the Passion Translation. I just want to read the passage from 1 Thessalonians 5, starting in 16. He says, Let your joy be your continual feast. Make your life a prayer. And in the midst of everything, be always giving thanks, for this is God's perfect plan for you in Christ Jesus. Never restrain or put out the fire of the Holy Spirit. And don't be one who scorns prophecies, but be faithful to examine them by putting them to the test. And afterward, hold tightly to what has proven to be right. Avoid every appearance of evil. And then he follows that up with, and I want to wrap us up here today. Now may the God of evil, peace and harmony set you apart, making you completely holy. And may your entire being, spirit, soul, and body be kept completely flawless in the appearing of our Lord Jesus, the anointed one. The one who calls you by name is trustworthy and will thoroughly complete his work in you. These keys, these, this idea of praying without ceasing and praying and rejoicing and praying in gratitude 
and testing everything and honoring the work of the Holy Spirit in you and trusting God the Father and acknowledging Him as who He is, as holy, as King, as the supplier of all my needs, as the forgiver of my debts and the one who empowers me to forgive others their debts as the one who keeps me from temptation and protects me from the evil one, praying without ceasing, asking and keep on asking, knocking and keep on knocking, seeking and keep on seeking, because I need to ask until I get an answer. I need to seek until I find. I need to knock, and the door shall be open to you. And so for me, it's a really beautiful picture of how this works for me. A number of years ago, I was stepping into inner healing and deliverance ministry. I was I was walking in that under some leadership at a church. I was working in that ministry um, vocationally as well as serving as a volunteer at times. And God showed me, God showed me kind of this this piece of that ask, seek, knock thing that I w- wasn't sure what it meant when it happened. But later on, as things began to surface in my life, I really began to understand. I was praying over Deuteronomy 29, 29. And I'd prayed that over my family, and I still do. And it says, The secret things belong to the Lord our God, but the things revealed belong to us and our children forever, so that we may always live by the words of this law. And I asked God that night, as I was reading that and praying over it, God, would you show me a secret thing? Would you show me a secret thing? And here's what I felt like I heard in my heart. It's not like I heard an audible voice. It was just this awareness came up in my heart. And these are the words that came with it. Watch and see. And when you see, you'll know. Up until that time, my ability to hear God had been limited to words. I had I had had this sense of words coming up in me before. And I didn't know at times, as I look back now, I can see God moving through all of it. And I can recognize the times when He was speaking or when it was me thinking. But at that time, everything was mixed up. And I didn't know what were my thoughts and what were His thoughts. But we began to sort that out together until this moment when I'm asking him. And he unlocked the ability to see for me that I didn't have before. Now, I still primarily hear his voice through words, but I also see visions. I also dream dreams. I also get pictures and I paint them many times. I'll, I'll get a verse of scripture and I can translate that into a picture. Sometimes he just calls up a sense of knowing, something that I hadn't been taught, something that I couldn't know apart from him giving it and downloading it to me. And wisdom works that way with me as well. I walk in that gift. And remember what we read back in uh, Matthew chapter 7? If you, being evil, give good gifts to your children, how much more will your father give you in heaven being a good father? Like, we don't have to be afraid of the things He gives us or what He shows us. We just have to inquire of Him until we understand what it means. We have to ask and keep on asking, seek and keep on seeking, knock and keep on knocking. If I'm seeking to move forward, but I'm in a preparation season, I have to go over there and knock on that door every once in a while to see if it's open. And if the door opens, I need to walk through it. 
If it doesn't, I need to stay in that season. If I'm not sure what to do, I need to ask God what to do. And if I don't get an answer, that's okay. God's got it. This makes me think about a time, and I shared it, I think, a couple of weeks ago. But I had been praying over our finances, praying over our finances. And um, I asked God for a job that paid a particular amount of money. And then I landed in a church job a year later after I had told God I was going to go find that job. And he told me, you haven't asked me about that yet. And so I asked him and he didn't answer in that moment. But a year later, I walked into the job that I had prayed about that morning. It was almost a year to the day. I would say it was probably around the same time of the month, the same month of the year. And over the next few months, he would provide more than half of what I asked for through various opportunities to gain income. And so in that, I'm, I'm learning to trust God for provision. I'm learning to trust him to show up. And I'm reminding myself today that when I feel like I need to go and do it myself, I need to wait and ask of the Lord what his plan is. What do you need to ask the Lord and keep on asking? Seek and keep on seeking. What do you need to make your continuous prayer in your life while you're rejoicing in what he's doing, while you're faithfully trusting in Him to provide for your daily needs, while you're forgiving those who have hurt you and confessing your sins to God and recognizing His awesome and majestic power and holiness as Father. What do you need to be thankful for? What do you need to be honoring Him for? What do you need to be testing to see if it's good? What do you need to be asking for, seeking for, knocking Because he wants to breathe on the desires of your heart. Scripture in the Psalms says, Commit your way to the Lord, and he will grant you the desires of your heart. What do you need to commit to him today? So God, we just ask you, would you breathe on the embers you've been stoking in our heart and call them up to fire? And would you keep us from quenching that fire of the Holy Spirit as it works in us? Show us what you want us to ask for. Show us what you want us to seek for. Show us what you want us to knock. What doors do you want us to knock on? And let your kingdom come and your will be done in every area of our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, we're just about out of time, but I do want to remind you, go to bloominginspirednetwork.com, check our events tab, or you can find us at facebook.com forward slash bloominginspired and check our events there. We have two events coming up. October 20th is Bible study, and I'm so excited to be talking to you about the Berean Christians in Acts tomorrow because I think that God's going to show us something really beautiful. And in the meantime, um, I want to just encourage you, go to, to and sign up for the Bible study that we're having starting October 20th. Even if you can't attend in person, you can catch it online. If you feel like you can be on the Bible study with us most every Saturday between October 20th and the first or second week of March, then sign up and register for the Bible study online. I will email you notes in advance of the Bible study so you have a PDF of our notes as well as get to follow along with us in the video on Facebook Live. Aren't on Facebook Live? That's fun. 
that's fine. I am going to be looking at doing this on YouTube. Um, I probably won't do YouTube live at first, but I'll be looking at doing this on YouTube and I'll be looking at doing this on Twitter's Periscope. So that's all I have for you today. Um, be sure to sign up. We've got the prophetic retreat. You can find out more about that on the website as well. And I want to remind you that if you were the, <laughs> I want to remind you that blooming where you're planted is the first step to living your wildest dreams. So live your life blooming alive. Thanks so much for tuning in today. This is Michelle Bentham and I'm signing off.